Greetings to those who watch below. So before we get into today's video, just want to let you know that I've taken part in Belladonna's Black Collaboration Week, and there's loads of really good narrators on there, a lot of which I personally haven't heard of, so it's great hearing new people. If you want to check it out and listen to yours truly a little bit more, I've put a link to the video in the description box below. She's also thinking of having a live stream either Friday or Saturday. Not entirely sure when that is, though if I can, I'll try and get on that. So let's continue with some truly creepy Shadow People encounters. Somewhere in the woods that surround the cul-de-sac outside of my parents' home, and the cemetery that runs parallel to it, I've seen a tall, opaque, obviously intelligent shadow person. He never leaves that general area. I've wandered out of it and left him behind before. Never has he ever been inside my parents' home. Even in the story following, his feet were planted firmly in the street. He makes me very uncomfortable. His height is towering. Maybe eight feet? When he moves, it's slow and deliberate. Most often, I see him for a split second, and then he's gone. I just see him passing by. Usually, he seems to be searching for something, looking side to side. I believe he looked lost in the woods, but since I've seen him in the street and outside the house, I highly doubt that to be the case. I believe he's been watching me for some of the time that he's around, observing more than anything else. Even when I don't see him, after I've gotten far enough into the woods with my dog, or go jogging too close to the cemetery, or even just wander outside after a certain hour, I can feel someone staring at me. It doesn't feel good. I can even hear him walking behind me sometimes, as in, I stop walking and hear a few more behind me. I turn to look, and nobody's there. The thing that really, really makes me afraid of him is that one night last year, I saw him leaning against my parents' mailbox. I'd already moved out by then, but I was bringing them some bread and other grocery staples. I stopped short on the way to the front door because I saw what I believed to be a man out of the corner of my eye. I turned to look, and there the shadow man was. He was leaning forward, right elbow propped on the mailbox, chin resting in his palm. His other arm was simply resting. He looked right at me. He was totally opaque, as always. Not a fog, not translucent. Totally solid, as if I could really touch him. Obviously he had no visible eyes, but I could tell he was making eye contact. My blood ran cold. Instant goosebumps. I nearly dropped everything in my hands. It felt like free fall, that feeling in my stomach. I wanted to run inside or yell at him to leave, but I was frozen. He terrified me. If I've ever felt the fear of God, it was then. I can still feel it when I recall him there, staring into me. It feels like he was there forever. It couldn't have lasted more than five or six seconds, but it felt like it went on and on. Eventually, I could move, and as soon as I could, I jumped backwards into the hedges and he was gone. Just gone. There one moment, absolutely disappeared the next. Even the feeling in the air changed. He'd really vanished. 
The year was 2007, and it was fall here in my hometown of South San Francisco, California. I know that much because it got dark before 8pm. We had a front door in our two-storey home, with an oval window that went from my waist to above my head. The glass wasn't exactly see-through, it was kind of frosted so that you couldn't look in, but you could still get your face close enough, squint your eyes, and make out certain things. I was sitting on my couch one Tuesday evening watching TV and unwinding. My couch faced west so the door was to my left. I bring that up for a reason, which I'll give later. As I relaxed on my couch, out of the corner of my eye, I noticed there was a dark figure standing at the door staring at me. I still get chills thinking about it. I couldn't make out any more features than the shape of a tall man, because as soon as I snapped my head in that direction, it disappeared. I thought to myself maybe I was tired, or maybe I was just seeing things. I just tried to reason with myself before jumping to conclusions. Enter Wednesday evening. Around the same time, I'd say about quarter past seven, I was sitting in the same spot on my couch, doing the exact same thing, watching television. When, out of the corner of my eye, once again, I felt and saw a shadowy figure, staring intensely at me. I thought to myself that surely this wasn't a coincidence. Once again, as soon as I turned my head to look that way, it was gone. So this time, I waited for cars to pass by, to analyse how their headlights reflected off of the window pane in the door. You see, the sun sets in the west, which everyone should know, and it wasn't pitch black yet. So the way the door on the couch was set up, the sun passed over from left to right. After thinking that it may have been the last sun rays from the sun setting combined with dusk, and looking at the way card headlights reflected off the door, I really didn't gain anything conclusive from my considerations. Thursday came and went with no visit, as I lay back on my couch, a little tense, at the same time and place as the previous nights. I did end up reasoning with myself that I might have been a little exhausted, and just moved on mentally. In a weird way, I was a bit disappointed. Friday evening. I'm sitting down now with my wife watching a movie on the couch, around the same time, quarter past seven. I'll never forget this moment. As we were watching Night at the Museum, starring Ben Stiller and the late Robin Williams, my wife jumped off the couch, surprised and a bit shaken. She said, did you see that? Which I did, but I didn't respond. She asked me again, did you see that? I said, see what? She finally replied, did you see the person in the door staring at us? I told her, thank you, thank you, thank you. She looked at me in astonishment, and then said, for what? I told her I knew I wasn't crazy, and that that was the third time in four nights I had seen the Shadow Man. Our home recently underwent a few renovations earlier this year, as we welcomed a new baby into our lives. We replaced that front door, as the sun and rain had battered it over the years. I was happy to see it go, because ever since that Friday evening in the fall of 2007, I had an old jacket covering the oval window, so no one, or thing, could look in. I'm rarely one to make a big deal of things, let alone tell anyone weird, unbelievable stuff. 
but these are some experiences that I recently had in a house I lived in for little under a year. We moved into this house in October 2001. The first two or three months was fine. Then, at the beginning of 2002, my four-year-old, who was then three, would wake up in the middle of the night, absolutely terrified, saying that there was a monster in her room. Now, of course I brushed this off as a childhood nightmare, but then in late February, I started waking up in the middle of the night, with a feeling that someone was staring at me. Upon looking in the general vicinity of where this feeling was coming from, I would briefly see a shadowy black and grey apparition that would be gone as soon as my eyes focused. This would give me the chills, but then I would go back to sleep. This occurred two or three times a week for months. It was the same nightly scenario. I'd wake up, focus, and it'd be gone. I would wake up and see it, turn on the television for light, and it would go. Only once did my fiancé actually see the apparition too. I think it was in June. She woke me up in the middle of the night and said that she saw a faceless child standing next to her about three feet from her side of the bed. As soon as she looked at the face, it was gone. I then got up, telling her that it must have been my daughter. I went into her room, but she was fast asleep. Other than this, she never saw anything again. The most frightening experience with it was in late August, when I woke up out of a dead sleep again and did the usual routine, except this time, it didn't disappear. It stayed floating in the corner of the room. It was a swirling black cloud with some grey in it, probably about four to five feet long and one and a half to two feet wide. I will honestly say that I have never felt that kind of fear ever in my life. It felt like there was pure evil in the room. I couldn't move, but I was able to nudge my fiancé and say, Look, there it is that thing I keep seeing. With that, she rolled over, and only after she did, did it disappear. We moved out in late September, and I have not been woken up since. I believe this occurrence happened in 2011. It was night time, and I was home alone. Being home alone was something I had come to dread, especially after dark. I wasn't the only one who felt this way. Both of my daughters refused to stay in the house alone. That night, my husband was at work. He worked second shift, so we'd get home about midnight. The rest of the family was out doing their own thing. Whenever I was home alone, I made sure to keep busy. That way, my mind would be occupied. I couldn't just sit and watch TV. Thinking about doing that would bring to mind the phrase, sitting duck. I was in the kitchen washing dishes. Both my dogs, a basset hound and a lab, were asleep on the dining room floor. I heard them rouse and figured they were ready to go outside. I turned to see both of them coming towards me, heads lowered, tails between their legs. As I was turning back towards the sink to grab a towel to dry my hands, I saw him out of the corner of my eye. The Shadow Man. He was standing across the room in a corner that was between the living room door and the laundry room door. I turned to fully face him 
but he was gone. I told myself that this wasn't going to freak me out. It was no big deal. Been there, done that before. Just calmed down. So I turned back to the sink, forgetting that I had planned to take the dogs out. They didn't seem to mind. They had taken a place on either side of me, facing the wall across the room. They kept sitting there, making it very difficult for me to move, even an inch. My basset was growling very softly. My lab is mute, so he was making his little whimper sound. I could tell they were both upset. So I walked over to the refrigerator, which is between that corner and the sink. I took a quick glance at the corner, and there was nothing there. I got out some ice for the dogs. It's one of their favourite treats. When they saw what I had, they eagerly came to me and sat in front of the refrigerator. We played catch for a while. I would have them sit, then throw each of them an ice cube. I was trying to calm them down, but also trying not to lose my stuff. At one point, an ice cube bounced off a nose and slid into the laundry room door, right next to that corner. Both dogs looked at me, then at the ice cube. I gave them the command to go get it. They refused to move. I told them to fetch. They again looked at the ice cube, whimpered, then looked at me. The three of us stood there for what seemed like forever, looking at the ice cube as if we had a spell cast upon us. Me, with my heart beating so fast that I thought I might have a heart attack. The dogs were shivering and whimpering. Then, my oldest daughter and her husband came through the front door and suddenly the spell was broken. I took the dogs outside. When we came back inside, they avoided the corner and that ice cube. We went back into the dining room to their beds. I cleaned up the water from the ice the next morning. I'm always braver after the fact. I've never seen an ice cube that took so long to melt. This story begins when I was 12. I was living in the small rural town of Glenins, New South Wales, with my mother and newborn baby sister. We lived in a subdivided old doctor's surgery, which they had converted into duplex apartments. The ceilings were tall, and the walls were whitewashed cement, with large old blocked-off fireplaces in each of the three bedrooms. The bedrooms were cold, and the fireplaces howled at night when the wind was caught in them. A long, eerie hallway connected each of the rooms. It was a creepy home. My mother had the room closest to the main living areas, whereas my room was further up the long, dark hallway and was much more secluded. I specifically remember the night that I stopped sleeping in my bedroom. It was a school night, and I had stayed up watching TV in the lounge late. So, when I was finally sleepy, I said goodnight to my mum and wandered back to my room. It was cold, as usual, and the hallway was dark. So I hurried back to my room. Shutting my door with a click, I ran to my bed across the room and jumped under the covers like all kids tend to do when frightened. My bed faced the doorway, so I remember trying to fall asleep with my covers wrapped around my head and my eye fixed on the door handle. Paranoia was a common feeling in this house. Then, after a long moment of silence and waiting, when I was finally drifting, I heard a set of slow, distinct footsteps on the carpet in the hallway. Heavy footfalls. At first I thought it was my mum moving around her room, 
but when I could finally pinpoint the sound to the hallway, I started to see my door slowly creak open. The darkness from the hallway seeming so much darker than the pitch black of my bedroom. I shut my eyes hard, refusing to acknowledge the exposed doorway in an attempt to force myself to sleep. What I saw moments later will never leave me. A tall, thin, shadow man stood a foot before my doorway. When I opened my eyes, my heart stopped. My whole body ran cold and I was paralysed with fear. His arms were long and the fingers were sharp. I couldn't see eyes, but I felt it stare. It didn't seem clothed either, just a silhouette. Its feet dragged on the carpet, and the body swayed from side to side as it came closer to my bed. I was in tears now, thinking it had come to take me. It had come to drag me from my bed and into the darkness, and I was never going to see my mum again. I blacked out before it reached my bed, and I don't remember anything else from that night. I woke to the door wide open in the morning, and I ran out of that room and slept on the couch every night since. I didn't tell my mum. I was too nervous to sleep with her because she shared a bed with my baby sister, so I began to develop an anxiety disorder, which resulted in me wetting myself in my sleep every night. The second experience happened in the lounge. Whatever it was, it seemed, was following me from room to room. I refused to sleep without the TV on during the night, and I would have all of the doors closed and fall asleep watching the darkened doorway to the kitchen anxiously. I never trusted the dark. On this night, after lightly drifting off to sleep, I woke to the sound of the TV being switched off. The hair on the back of my neck stood on end, and the air was freezing. I nervously scanned the dark room until I faced the corner closest to me on the right. It was standing in the corner, a tall, dark figure. I didn't know what to do, but it felt like I was in fight or flight, and being a timid 12-year-old girl, I don't think I had much fight in me. I was frozen in fear for a long moment, waiting for movement, for it to give some sign of life so I could make a break for it. But it just watched me, and I watched it, hoping it would just dissolve away into the wall so I could brush it off as my eyes playing tricks in the dark. And then I heard it. A hiss. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. It leaned forward slightly and stomped its foot hard on the carpet and began a long, deep hiss. And at that point, I jumped back and ran for my mother's bedroom where I cried loudly and screamed that it was going to get me. I never saw it directly since. Only quick movements out of the corner of my eye. My mother let me sleep with her until we finally moved away from that place a month later. I revisited these memories on my own when I went through old photos of my newborn sister, and it shocked me 
and how vividly I remembered it all taking place. I spoke to my mother again about what happened, and she told me that she also had experienced strange things in that house. Footsteps, cold spots, being watched, knocking on the doors and walls, and even one case where the corner end of her bed depressed during the night, as though someone were there sitting with her. Hi guys, thank you ever so much for watching today's video, and if you've stuck around to the end, good job. Make sure that you like, share, comment, subscribe, all that good stuff. There's also the little bell icon if you are subscribed. If you click on that, it'll turn on notifications so you'll be able to know straight away when my next video's up. If you've got an idea for a video topic, or you've got an experience that you'd like to share with me, or even a creepypasta you'd like me to read, make sure you give me an email using the email in the description box, and also come say hello to me on Twitter. I try and be as active as possible on there when work allows me to, so come say hi. And until next time, sleep tight. This is the story of the one. As a maintenance engineer, he hears things differently. To the untrained ear, everything on his shop floor might sound fine, but he can hear gears grinding or a belt slipping. So he steps in to fix the problem at hand before it gets out of hand. And he knows Granger's got the right product he needs to get the job done, which is music to his ears. Call, click Granger.com, or just stop by. Granger, for the ones who get it done.